Yeah, my parents, my dad was born and raised here, my mom shortly after, and we've just kind of bloomed where we were planted. And mom and dad happened to find a piece of property that we were able to to grow on. This is where I was meant to be. This is Epic Ordinary Lives Podcast. Welcome to episode 31 of Epic Ordinary Lives the podcast that rests in the idea that your story is worth sharing and that the telling of your story can help other people. The goal of every episode is to present an epic ordinary life, someone that may have lived an entirely different life from yours or someone that might have had similar themes, but the goal is that their story can help you because We all go through challenges, we all go through triumphs, and the goal is that you're able to find yourself in their story, that you're able to take something away from what they learned and apply it to your own life. This week, I had Lauren Palmer on, the owner of Bloomsbury Farm. Lauren, who holds a bachelor's in social work and a master's in management, couples her background in social work with a lifelong desire to cultivate, to provide the highest quality organic produce, and to educate her community about the land and the importance of the food we eat. Lauren built Bloomsbury Farm from the ground up and started by selling her organic vegetables and sprouts at area farmers markets. Since those early days in 2009, the farm has expanded producing a wide array of fresh vegetables, fruits, sprouts, and herbs for the markets, local businesses, and wholesalers in and around Nashville and the greater region. I particularly enjoyed this conversation because it sheds a window into someone that did a big thing in their life, that pursued a path that was not fully the path that they were on. As you just heard with her bio, um, she, she did not get a degree in an area that one might automatically associate with starting a farm. And yet this goes way back. She has a legacy of wanting to create this and having a vision of creating this farm. I think this story is particularly useful for considering the notion of giving yourself permission to go after what you want, maybe while you're doing what you're currently doing. Uh, I also really like her doer attitude. She just has a, a confidence about the obstacles that she's faced and how ultimately getting through those obstacles has led to a life philosophy that gives her this confidence I mean, she's very forthcoming about some of the struggles that doing such a big thing requires. 
I also really liked this conversation because she breaks down what the term organic really means. Uh, and I found that quite eye-opening because you see this everywhere, but there is quite a stringent process to have to go through to have the label. At about the halfway point of this conversation, Lauren's daughter joins briefly, and you will hear her uh, enter and Lauren greet her, and, and I, I greet her as well. She doesn't say anything, but it's just a brief little moment I just wanted to speak to. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Lauren Palmer of Bloomsbury Farm here on Epic Ordinary Lives. So I am here with Lauren Palmer of Bloomsbury Farm, which is a farm that I learned of because of my parents. Uh, in the midst of the COVID world that we all live in, they are both individuals that are having to hunker down for their own safety and for their own health. And they started to text me pictures every week of the vegetables that they were taking home from the CSA that they had joined. And I said, yeah, what is this? Like, you know, there, there's, I mean, some of the vegetables were vegetables that they had never even heard of. Uh, and so I, they, she told me about Bloomsbury Farm, and I looked up the website, and I was blown away, first off, by how there really seems to be a legacy attached to this vision. So first off, I want to thank you for coming on today, and I also want to thank you for giving my mom and dad beautiful vegetables yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to be a part of um, getting to know you. And I've, I feel like I've known your parents for um, since, I guess, March-ish. And yeah, it's been lots of fun. So they're, they're just a joy. And I kind of cater to them a little bit more than most. And uh, I couldn't be happier to, to do so. They're just oozing with, with goodness. So thanks. Well, and they, they have sung your praises week after week, and they really appreciate what you have done to help them remain safe in, in COVID. Uh, but when when they shared this with me, I, I started doing some research. And when I looked at your website, what I, what I was really excited about was how this vision for this farm really does go back. And so I, I just want to read a section and ask you about it. This is directly from your website. A love of farming has been passed down through generations of my family. My father was raised by his grandparents on a dairy farm, and though they were forced out by the Army Corps of Engineers and eminent domain, his love of the land and its gifts only deepened. His motto for our family has always been, bloom where you were planted. Like my father, my mother possesses a deep reverence for the land, and after 10 years of searching, they found a place where their shared love of it could take a root, a place where they cultivated my passion for it, and a place where I, ho I hope to pass it to my own daughter. So, you know, in, the, in modern day society, I don't often hear of a venture like this that started with that much history. So start wherever you would like with that. I would just love to hear more about the origin story of this. 
Yeah, it sounds really, really beautiful. Um, and, you know, there's been some rocky in all of that, but um, so much beauty for sure. Um, yeah, so third and fourth grade, mom and dad bought, you know, let's see, uh, maybe 20 acres, I think it was. Um, and a not so farmable like section of where we currently are now. Uh, there's been three more purchases and I'm able to live and work on the newest piece. And it's got some sections that I've obviously been able to cultivate and put some hoop houses up and um, but yeah, I, I grew up in a vegetarian home and my dad was a landscaper and uh, went on different jobs with him. And so the growing and um, yeah, kind of watching him create uh, with plants was something that I definitely grew up seeing. Uh, and then my mom is such a huge supporter. I should have been the president of the United States with all the just the support that I've been given. So thankful for such a, um, you know, just robust, like, you know, you can do it kind of attitude. Hmm. So yeah, I remember looking at the seed cut along with dad and kind of us um, looking at two little sections across the creek and we're like, let's put some seeds in the ground and worst case scenario, we all could like eat and it would, you know, it would be okay. Um, I have a degree in agri I mean, yeah, I wish I had a degree in agriculture. <laughs> I have a degree in social work, which I do think is definitely served me and, and I wouldn't take it back for sure. Um, that kind of like helping and connecting. Uh, yeah, it just comes natural now. And so I, I think food is that has been that common denominator that I'm able to use um, you know, to, to connect all the pieces. So yeah, I guess, yeah, it started, it's kind of started like that. Was So it started seemingly as more like a, I won't say a hobby, but just pursuing very gently a passion. Yeah, I absolutely. But I, I knew even then when I planted the first seed, I was like, well, I, this thing has got to be big. And I want to, uh, I, yeah, I definitely saw people coming here and uh, being pursued by different chefs. And uh, yeah, I definitely wanted that to be that to be me. I just, yeah, so we, we definitely did it. Um, yeah, started kind of small. Did, did like, so you talk about how you you immediately from planting that first seed, you had these thoughts about a future. Had you done any kind of gardening or anything like that prior to that moment? Yeah. So I worked on a little farm that's uh, sadly not in operation anymore, Arugula Star. And it was a young couple that were going to farmer's markets and had a small CSA. It felt very whimsical and they were just kind of providing um, as the seasons were and, um, yeah, I, I definitely got my hands dirty with them and I saw them go to market and, uh, the customers kind of, you know, seek them out in a way and they were on a, a couple of menus in town and, um, yeah, it was cool to see. I was like, if you guys, if you two can do it, like I can totally do this too. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to stop at, you know, farmer's markets, I definitely saw, um, you know, lots of different avenues to find us. Yeah. 
what age are you at this moment? I'm I'm just wanting to envision. Eleven years ago, so I was I'm about to have what? a birthday. So, yeah, twenty seven. Wow. So so I just I, like the only reason I asked that is because a lot of folks that may be listening can find themselves with a degree or with a background that may not be exactly connected to what they ultimately will do or what they ultimately love. And yet the very skills that they may have cultivated in that area, like you just mentioned with social work, they could be the perfectly molded skills for what they actually are aiming to do. Absolutely. I uh, am a huge fan of people kind of following their passion and um, I was definitely made for this and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And, uh, you know, wasn't the, you know, retail showmanship behind a booth kind of a person I thought, but man, once I first stepped out there, I was like, all right, this is, this is my jam. Like I'm, I'm like loving this. Uh, my sister was always, you know, in clothing and retail and was the showier one, but, um, like, I guess I kind of shined behind some produce. So, um, yeah, I totally found, I found it. And so what, what did the journey look like? I'm just curious, were you working in a different capacity while creating this thing or did you just leap completely into it or how did, what did that look like? Uh, there needed to be a little bit of a, a push. Um, I knew people that worked at Whole Foods and catering businesses, uh, a couple of chefs in town. My mom and dad would have uh, catered dinners at the farm at their house. And um, so, yeah, I was working weekends at a hospital in, Mer in uh, Nashville. And uh, then, so then I did farming during the week with the, the couple and yeah and then I took another step out and then worked at a little a card shop for like a while but you know and I was still growing vegetables and then one day like the chef came out to the farm to do a dinner with mom and dad and some family friends and they were I took him down to where I was growing stuff so we could get dinner and he was like oh my gosh like you could get this stuff in Whole Foods like this is really great and mm -hmm. it's different and I was like, no way, no way. I'm just like, you know, I can't do it. He's like, you, I'm going to give you a table at the East National Farmer's Market tomorrow, have everything washed and ready, just bring a tent and a table or yeah, something like that. And then, so like I showed up <laughs> in my dad's like pickup truck at the time and coolers and, you know, cowboy boots. And I was like, okay, this is what do you do? Right. Uh, I definitely needed some nudging. I, you know, they were just definitely, you know, just put one foot in front of the other and like do the thing. So, um, yeah, I still have a picture of that first farmer's market and, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. So it's like you, you're already kind of entering into that world because you're putting that time at the farmer's market with the, the couple that you described, you're, you're working in a different capacity, but then the outside world says, in whatever form it looks like they go, Hey, like this might be your thing. That, mm -hmm. that, that seems to be sometimes a common thread that, that even if you're not uh, fully ready to take that leap, that others are getting value out of what you're 
what you're currently doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I saw people asking for varieties that their grandmother grew and Mm. that they wanted to see in kitchens again and chefs were asking for different colors and shapes of produce and I was just like chomping at the bit to kind of please and to to see what we could do so yeah that was a lot of fun yeah it still is fun it still is fun that first day with the first farmer's market experience do you have a sense of like was it immediately like I am where I'm supposed to be or was there any kind of nervousness attached to it or? For sure. I felt a little out of place. I was, you know, among uh, farmers that had been there, done that for, you know, many, many seasons. So I was watching, you know, you know, other makers and creators like come bring their goods. And I didn't know if mine was worthy or not. And, you know, and I, what I didn't sell at the farmer's markets, I would try to schlep to the chefs after market while I was in town. And then, you know, quickly I was told I was priced too high or Hmm. it looked too lumpy or bumpy or whatever. And then you're like, Oh my gosh. Like then you have a reality check. Like, um, you, there's still like lots of work ahead. So yeah, definitely like a learning curve. I didn't come from that. You know, I'm using equipment that it's not necessarily agriculture based. It's just what we had on the farm. And so, yeah, it was all um, kind of trial and error. And I, you know, I think, but the, the fun part is, is that people were just taking that journey with me and they've definitely seen, you know, the, the better tasting, the more colors. And um, I think they've just been on that journey with me. So, yeah. Had you already been developing these skills like all the way back to, to childhood is like, I, I, I'm just seeing like to take a leap into an area that there are people where that is their degree. Maybe that is what they had done. And it's like, that is a brave and a challenging leap. So had you already been sharpening the blade proverbially with all of it or? I mean, I think I knew when a plant was unhealthy or needed water, those kinds of basic things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and I think dad was kind of there to, to kind of watch a little bit. And I went to conferences and things, but I did start hiring people um, who could kind of help with that as, mm-hmm. you know, the years went by. So um, I needed someone kind of to hold my hand with like crop rotation and uh, cover crops and whatever, you know, to kind of smarten the, the out, the growing part. So, yeah. I think it's so empower, empowering for people to hear. Cause a lot of times we may love something or, or think we may love something, but there's so many barriers, whether the own, our own barriers that we create, like with your experience where you kind of needed a nudge, but there's also like, often uh, an area of knowledge or an area of skill set that we we may feel like it's it's too late or we can't make up that ground but I like just the matter of fact uh, way you're describing you you hired people to help teach you you hired people to help demonstrate that for you right absolutely and I, and I think the farming community in general is very uh, helpful, you know, they'll loan you equipment when you need it or come fix a fence or, um, you know, I'm having this pest problem. What did you do? 
I think they're, I think they're just very open to, and they want to see you succeed. And um, yeah, so I, I think it's a good community to be in. Why do you think that is? Why is that community, you know, supporting each other when technically you know, there is competition? You could make the argument. Yeah, absolutely. When I start taking other people's CSA members, it might get a little ugly. But um, no, I think there's plenty to go around. I mean, everybody needs to eat, and I, I'm not, I'm not the CSA for everybody. I will be the first one to tell you that uh, it does. We are kind of a niche farm, so um, there's definitely plenty others out there growing. So I totally support, you know, if I'm not in your area or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think people just want you to eat and they want you to, to know them and how, how their process is. Um, I, I think that's all that it is. Yeah. I, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think that it, it's not always the case in other areas that the new person on the block is someone that, that others want to mentor or, or help be successful. I just think that's a maybe maybe that's more of an old-fashioned thing but I think it's a great thing that is not as normal maybe I'm just naive but uh I mean I think we're all because if I made it kind of an ugly situation I think the whole town would know so sure. you know you better act right and you better share and uh yeah I, I think it's a giving community and absolutely now you were talking about um you, you enter into this world and you have the booth and, and then very quickly as you go down this, you run into obstacles. So it's not just that the moment that you push the gas pedal of your passion, that the gates open and you, you emerge as the great victor. So take us through, I mean, you've been in this world for a while now from that moment. So what, what are some of your memories of those challenges? Oh, um, I mean, logistics and trucks breaking down are like the worst thing ever. Uh, we've had some like flooding issues. We've had, you know, blights destroy a whole entire crop of strawberries. That was just like two years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, a, a divorce in there and having a child and raising her, you know, essentially, well, I have such a huge support system. Mom and dad are here, but definitely a single, single mom. And, uh, yeah, been through some managers and lots of like turnover just because of seasonal workers and whatnot. So, um, I mean, you name it, I, I feel like nothing kind of rocks me now. And I think it's all made me smarter, wiser business owner, a friend, um, and a mom to, to have all those challenges and to be on the other side of a lot of it. That's that that exactly what you just said, that this area uh, benefits all these other spheres of life that you are in, you know, that the, the, these challenges ultimately support all of your identity. Was there ever a time in that road where, you know, I, I always think as a, as a sidebar, I always think about in movies, they show this part of the journey and it's usually about three minutes long or two minutes long because it's a montage Right, it's like the Rocky movies. They're showing the struggle and the slight improvement, and then the failure. And yet, that is often where one's path is 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 made. 
And so was there ever a time where you were like, you know what, this is a beautiful thing, but I, I don't know that I can continue. Um, in produce, no, I never really thought that. No, I, mm, once I was in, I was in, uh, I was not taking a step back. It was only going to go forward and man, has it gone like 10 times forward. So, uh, no, not in produce land. I, this farm is like ever giving, so I, I would not ever bow out on it. So, yeah. Do you think that that's like, part of that is like that you made ultimately a decision on the front end and it's almost like you burned the bridge behind you, like you committed so hard or what, like what gives you that kind of strength? Cause not everybody, you know, not everybody uh, has that kind of ultimate belief in a process i mean because people are they're so like i don't even know where to start really it's just it's such a service industry and to take that away from so many would just like hurt my heart so um people are having you know birthday parties out here and sending their kid to camp and uh, eating Bloomsbury on holidays and I'm just a part of so much and that thrills me more than anything so I never really think I'm there's no way I, I can fail at this now because um, the community's there to you know is just wanting more it's like desiring um, everything we throw at them so I'm just so thankful for that. That's, that's, you know, like just the fact that you've got so many people that are a part of this thing now, it, 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 this vision that started with your family and with your own, that first seed that you planted now to this, what it is today, where that's a great point. Cause when you look at your material, there's so many different things that y'all do at Bloomsbury farm. Um, so maybe talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, th there's a just, you know, there's a lot of CSAs. There's a lot of farms, but you guys have everything from a summer camp to an Airbnb to, I mean, it's a wedding venue. So when did all of that enter into the picture? Um, it's just too good not to share. Gosh, darn it. So it's like... <laughs> You know, then we, we started opening up the farm on Friday for people to come and shop because we were already harvesting vegetables to take to market the following day. And I'm like, why should we even hold them any longer than we should? Like, they're ready for the taking. So I started having shoppers come here. And then they're like, well, can we just hang out even longer? And then we started doing like movie nights and having, you know, a food element to it um music and yoga I, I mean it's just like i'm a very yes person so if you come at me with some kind of way that connects us all and makes us all feel good then i'm like let's do it so you know we have an end of the year like potluck situation that's now this year going to turn into like a, a bonfire um with a lot more room to kind of spread out but um yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like it's very, you know, the, the door is very wide open and um, there's lots of things we can do here. So that's super exciting. So it, it's definitely taken a lot of, of shape. So 
Well, it's like you, you're talking about abundance. You're talking about having a sense like if there's if there's wonderful things, then we should share them. If there's bounty, we should like. Is that something you've always? Is that an innate part of you, or did that did that grow over time? I mean, I feel very well taken care of, and the farm is only like given, so mm. it would only make sense to just open the doors. So yeah, absolutely. You know, the act of growing has a lot of skill attached to it, but there's also an element that that, that you don't control. Uh, at, at least that's what my wife and I have learned as we built our first raised bed that's actually next to the window that I'm, I'm in front of right now. It's completely dark because autumn finally showed up in, in Tennessee. But, but, uh, but we learned, you know, we, we created... <laughs> you know, really good soil for the research that we did versus just sticking some normal potting soil. We were very careful about how far we separated the tomatoes from the squash. We did all the things. And yet when blights or when, uh, you know, uh, the, the different uh, bugs started to show up and we, you know, we're, we're calling people or Googling and it's saying, well, you ought to try this or, maybe this is the reason why you have this issue. And the reason I'm bringing this up is just because there is an element that is outside of what we control as humans attached to the farm. So um, d is that something that has colored your life at all? The fact that you, hello, we've, we've got another visitor there. Hello. Yeah. Gonna, you want to just sit in and want, listen? Um the the things that are that get in the way of successful growing is that is that what you're saying well i guess what i'm saying is there's i would imagine that even in spite of all the planning and all the skills there's some aspect of it that you don't control and i guess from from a very novice gardener to somebody that is doing this as a big thing how do how do you navigate that whole aspect of it yeah, and there's a part of it that you just got to let go because Mother Nature has different plans when, you know, she rips off the plastic of your hoop house and, um, you know, there is flooding or whatever going on. So you just have to take the, the good with the bad and you have, maybe you have a bumper crop of the next thing, you know, next time and it all kind of works out in the wash, believe it or not. So, but you do try to mitigate some of the, some of the, you know, bad. Um, yeah. And that just comes with, you know, years and years of like practice and asking and learning. And so, yeah. Do you think that that type of uh, having to pivot and having to find good in the things that you didn't plan, does that color the rest of life? Does that kind of like what you were talking about earlier, how the challenges color the rest of life? Oh gosh. Yeah. I think, that yeah i mean that's just kind of how i navigate the world anyway it's like well if that didn't work out let's try to figure another way to get there so i i do like logistics and i do like trying to figure out um you know a way to be successful and um to make everybody happy so yeah it's definitely how i navigate and make it all work I think some of the times the people that are the best planners are 
sometimes the ones that struggle the most with the impromptu situations that show up or the things that weren't planned, but it sounds like you have found a way to balance both of those spheres. Yeah. I mean, I, I try, I try, I get frustrated sometimes and lose it, but like, yeah, I mean, you just gotta, gotta keep it moving. Well, uh, only a couple more things because I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, but I, I would love just for those who may be interested in getting a CSA, which I guess we should define first what that, that refers to. But then also your methods are organic. And then I think the word was gap. So if you can just share with folks who may, you know, there's there's so many things out there. You look at a label and you go, it's organic. What does that mean anymore? So if you can talk through a little bit about how y'all do what you do. Yeah. So um, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And there was definitely a learning curve as people started like trying to find their food source this year um, more than most. But it is always a constant education of um, you're kind of growing, you're eating with the season and um, how Bloomsbury just in particular, like gross does things and the, the vegetables that we provide, but, um, yeah, so organic is, so we have to trace from seed to the field, um, to transportation, um, kind of a traceability and documenting of, you know, how we're caring for the, the produce. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, organic and organic wise we have to provide like um, receipts and we have to show our composting records and that's um, audited by the USDA Mm. Um, gap certified is good agriculture practices and we do that um, started doing it specifically for sprouting because it was such a uh, it's a living product that's grown in like water and lots of contamination points along the way, but the gap makes sure that, um, the food safety portion of it is very strict. So we're testing our water, we're testing our seed. Um, we're making sure all of it is very sanitary along the way. So it's just, um, yeah, different audits and um, growing practices to ensure that you're getting the very best. So, so GAP is now across the entire farm, and I'm I'm happy to say that we do care about you know food safety and traceability. We know where it's all going. If there was ever to be an outbreak, uh, people feel comfortable knowing that we uh, take those extra steps. So, so yeah. Did y'all always intend to go those routes? Like, I I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like an extra weight to bear. Yeah. An extra employee to staff who strictly (laughs) kind of does that. Yes. So the farm that I was on wasn't organic, but they practiced that way. I felt once we, which was great to tell the the market customers, but then when we were in houses, um, you know, and we were guaranteed to have this many vegetables for this many weeks, it felt like we needed to have that, that standard a little bit to kind of set us apart a little bit. Mm. So um, and then, you know, I have mixed feelings about being organic because I, I'm paying 
the government to do things right when, you know, conventional growers aren't having to do that. And mm. organic seed is twice as much and it just makes it that much harder. Um, so I get a little frustrated. And then also with the usage of the, of the word, people, people might say at market that they're certified organic, but, or, or organic, but, um, to me, that's not even allowed to come out of your mouth because you're not going through the steps that we do. Um, you can say you're grown naturally or other ways, but if you don't have that USDA seal, to me, it's not really okay to, to, to even kind of say that you are. Um, so that is definitely a hot button, but we have all of our certifications. We even had the Department of Agriculture come to the farm today um, and we are used to audits in and out of the farm all the time. And I'm very open doors and I want you to know how we do things and feel comfortable with, um, our practices. So, yeah. That kind of authenticity, I mean, is not easy, obviously based on what you're describing, but I feel like that kind of, of a stance or attitude towards how one does something seems like that permeates throughout their entire being from who, who they are all the way to then what they do out in the world, even if that is a challenging thing. And I can, I, I totally, I appreciate this both for hearing your story, but also for the fact that people listening may be better able to understand what that word even means. And if it does, I guess if it contains the seal, is that correct? That that implies that they have... Yeah, it has that stamp on it um, that you're regulated. Yeah. So if it doesn't have the stamp, then that d- that means that that whatever this is has not gone through that gauntlet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know the restaurants don't really care that you're certified organic, and um, but the people who are taking it into their home do. Um, wholesalers as in a whole don't, that's not really something that they desire. It's really the retail customers who have all the questions and have Googled the, you know, what out of everything and have all the questions and, you know, are, are doing their research that, that really want to know. Well, I am mostly one of those people and I appreciate that these things exist when it's easier not to, to go through all that work. And that does set one option apart from me for another in many spheres, if they, if they have gone through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one question just for somebody that grows so many things. And, and I'll say that my wife and I, uh, two years ago, or, or the, for the last two years, we've had our own CSA in Nashville and, uh, we've we've encountered vegetables that we kind of like similar to my parents. They would text me a picture and say, "Have you ever eaten this, like kohlrabi?" Or uh, I mean, I, I can't even think necessarily of all of them. There are peppers that I'd never heard of. What I, what is your favorites? My favorite vegetables? Yeah, like I I don't want to limit it, but what what are a couple that stick out for 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 you in particular? I truly get excited every season change. Like it's, it's like Christmas all like, you know, all the time. So I, right now I'm like, cannot wait to have the root veggies back, like the turnips and the beets and the carrots. Mm. Um, my six year old loves carrots. Like that's what she tells everybody is her favorite. And, 
Um, it's the most fun to pull those suckers out of the ground and see what's been hard, you know, living there for like 90 days. Um, I love, you know, a broccoli and it's a, it's a one cut vegetable. It doesn't bring us a ton of like, um, profit to the farm because it's a one and done. Unlike a kale, you can keep like cutting it, but the broccoli, it's just like, you know, it takes so long to create this stalk and like a beautiful flower at the top. And to, to watch that is super cool. So I love things that kind of come to like a head or like an artisan lettuce. <clears throat> so um, I do get excited about all the veggies and all the season. And um, you can definitely hear what I'm liking at the market table and like, what's your favorite thing, Lauren? I'm like, oh, well this week it's like this or um, so yeah, I get excited about all the, all the stuff. Well, it's one of the things I love about talking to people that love other things is that I think that I, it makes me want to love carrots particularly more than I do, or even broccoli The to, to even realize, cause we know enough to know that, like you said, the kale, it kind of just keeps showing up and it's pretty great, but there are other things that we grew uh, that it's like, I mean, it looks like our, um, lettuce is, is kind of done. And, but, but that passion for the thing itself, for the things that you grow and all that goes into that, that's just, that's an, a contagious thing in the good way. Not in the, not in the way that this year has, has typically had that word associated with, but right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to, uh, let folks, uh, find out how they can, if they're interested in, in Bloomsbury Farm, how they can uh, learn more. But before we go there, I just want to come back to that original quote from your website uh, and really just the motto of your of your entire farm. Uh, the notion of bloom or you're planted. I, you know, th- I can think of what I think that means, but I think that that could mean different things to different people. So what does that mean to you? Um, yeah, my parents, my dad was born and raised here. My mom shortly after, and um, we've just kind of bloomed where we were planted. And mom and dad happened to find a, a piece of property that we were able to grow and um to grow on so we are freaking blooming where we are planted this is where i was meant to be and i think it's pretty obvious that um we're blooming it all at all ends so yeah (laughs) i i think that that like i think that there's different ways you can look at your life and there's the way where it's so easy sometimes to feel like this is not my place, or this is not where, where I, I should be. And maybe sometimes for certain people, they're not necessarily where they should be. But I, I also love the message that maybe you're right where you exactly should be. Maybe you should make the life that you have and where you are and, and where you have grown your, your, your kingdom, your, your paradise. And I, that's what I hear when I, when I hear that, like use, the life that you have in front of you to the best of your ability. Yeah, absolutely. I think people um, more than ever are kind of contemplating what's next and, um, you know, to set themselves up in case something like this were to happen again or, um, but yeah, maybe 
I just feel so lucky to be in food and a, a staple for so many. Um, yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine being, uh, you know, in something that is fleeting or that's not as sustainable as, as food and just, you know, thankful, thankful to be here. It's, it's just, it's, it's so, uh, wonderful that these things still exist. They better continue to exist, but in the level of care of a farm that goes through all of that. So I, I want to thank you for giving me the time and giving everyone that's listening the time. And if someone has heard this and maybe they want to find out more about the myriad of offerings from the CSA that they can take part in, uh, we should also say that you're located, you guys are, are specific, give an area, the area where y'all are located actually. Um, I like to say in between like Smyrna and Nolensville. So the property kind of is in both counties. So we're mainly in Rutherford County. That's my Smyrna address. Um, but I'm actually closest to the Nolensville fire department. So I, I go that way a lot of times to, um, to the post office or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's a rolling, uh, part of rolling Hills, part of like middle Tennessee and, um, have the second highest hill in Rutherford County, which is kind of cool. So you get some views out this way, but, um, yeah, where I can get to town in 30 minutes, but for the, the average bear, probably 40, 45 minutes to Nashville and back. But yeah, we're just south of town. And again, my parents have, they've literally said to me before, we might just hang out for, for a while uh, and they've said, you've got to get out there. So I, I, I will, I'll, my wife and I'll both someday get out there and, and check it out. I mean, the second largest hill is no, no small accomplishment in that County. So I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if somebody wants to find out more, where would you, you direct them to, yeah. to go? Um, so Bloomsbury farms with an S.com. Uh, we have a newsletter that I send out every week. Uh, I'm on social, um, very easy to, to get to, um, but yes, bloomsburyfarms.com. And in particular, I don't know if you've got camps coming up, but the camps that you offer were, were such a, a really cool sounding offering, giving children the ability to be in the woods, grow. Uh, so that in particular to me, just that seemed like such a neat combination on the farm. And it was probably the best thing that happened this entire year um, was the camp. And then also we've turned it into a school now. So we have a more robust education program that I'm super, super excited about. That's all I think about. Um, but yeah, other stuff is in the works. We're hoping for a, a kitchen here before too long too. Well, it's all exciting, and uh, may we all eventually uh, get a chance to, to figure out what, what we individually need to do with our lives and how we can bloom uh, in our own path. And I, I really hope folks that have listened can get inspiration out of your journey and out of your overcoming of these things. And, and really, even if somebody is listening and this is not their journey, there's so many things here that we can take away from this. The ability to uh, dance with whatever challenges arise, the ability to keep going, and the ability to 
to apply the skills from another life into the life that you, you really want. Uh, so thank you so much for, for giving us the time. You're so welcome. I much appreciate it. All right. Well, whoever's listening, have a great day wherever you are and uh, take care. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Lauren Palmer. If you want to check out more about Bloomsbury Farm, you can go to www.bloomsburyfarms.com. If this podcast is something that you're enjoying and you'd like to support it, please share it with a family or a friend. Subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And if you're feeling quite generous, uh, please go to Apple iTunes and write a review. I will be back in two weeks with another Epic Ordinary Life. Until then, take care of yourself and those near you. And I hope you can continue to find those epic moments in your own life. Take care.